If a green button comes on, that means it's on. But pick you up one of those programs because uh, I think it would be beneficial for you to uh, have because uh, for the next four weeks, uh, I'll be preaching uh, for basically somewhat of the same type of message, uh, uh, and I trust that it will be uh, good for you. Uh, the series of the message is that now that I'm on my way home... <clears throat> I was kind of struggling uh, concerning where I am to be preaching at and what to preach from. Uh, and uh, my wife said, won't you just go back and get some of them old ones back there that you've already preached? And if you remember in my uh, 50th anniversary, the pastor stood up and told you how many I'd preached in all those 50 years. Uh, and I've still got most of them. Well, I went digging back in my closet, and I found uh, some messages that, that I never preached. And I said, uh, I don't know why I didn't preach those. I guess time wasn't right. Uh, and so I go back, and I dig those out, and I'm uh, going to use those. Uh, now, I said I've never preached these. Check with my wife. She keeps up with everything I do. There's 260 chapters in the New Testament. 240 of those chapters uh, mentions uh, the word hell in some way or another. Uh, and so the message today is, now that I'm saved, uh, hell is behind me. Uh, are you here today between the ages of 35 and 45? If you are, you've already lived half your life. And I realize you young people says, well, I'm not that age yet. Just stick around. You will be, and it won't be long. Seemed like I just started a few days ago. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 18 through 25. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever." For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Father, thank you for the day. Bless your word today. Keep my voice clear. May I speak plainly. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you remember that wonderful time when your faith was made alive in the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Do you remember that time when the Apostle Paul said, all things became new? And you had a new desire, a new destiny, a, a new determination. And those first few days or weeks or months or maybe even years that you experienced as a newborn again child of God, that was great, that was wonderful. A love that was there that you had never known before. You could never understand how that a man uh, like Jesus could love you with such great love, but you discovered that. And as you begin to read and study the Word of God, you discovered even more what a, a greater love. I think of times like when Peter, James, and John was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they wanted to stay up there because it was such a joyous event. Uh, they had just seen the translation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there had been two men that they had never met, Moses and Elijah, who came down and was also there with them. Uh, and uh, they were just overjoyed. Uh, they wanted to stay there. They said, why can't we just stay here on the mountain with you and build three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah? And, of course, Jesus says, no, we can't do that, but we've got to come back down off the mountain. And I realize that our experience of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ at one time or in that beginning of time, it was such a joyful thing. But um, it wasn't long until some things began to happen. And uh, so I want to mention four I must in this message Number one, I must remember some things. I must remember that, that salvation is a gift from God. We know that Paul spoke of it as being an unspeakable gift, and nothing can be compared with the gift of salvation. He also said, but God commended His love toward us, and yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, and so it's a gift. Not only that, but it's a divine gift. Uh, it's an unspeakable gift. Uh, it's a gift that delivers a person from the life of bondage. Uh, remember what you were back then, the life that you struggled with, uh, the sins that were out there. Uh, you were living in bondage. Uh, but then when Jesus came in, He gave you a new life and a new hope uh, and a new joy in your life. Um, many things comes with that gift. Uh, you ever thought about the inheritance that you're going to get uh, with that gift? Uh, and uh, not only are we heirs with God, but joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and that simply tells me that everything Jesus gets, I'm going to get uh, so it's a divine inheritance that I'm going to get. And it says it's incorruptible, undefiled, and fades not away. And it says it's reserved in heaven for you. It's there. Nothing can take it away. Not only is it an inheritance that we have, but what about that divine person that moved into your life the day that you got saved? You didn't realize he was there. You maybe you didn't realize how uh, how he came into your life, but the presence of the Holy Spirit of God as he came into your life and he seals you under the day of redemption. And so it tells us you you need to remember some things. Uh, 
You need to remember the gift of salvation. You need, you need to remember it's a divine gift. You need to remember that it's inheritance that comes from God. You need to remember the divine Holy Spirit of God dwells in your heart and He sealed you under the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. Isn't it easy to forget? The psalmist says in Psalms 103, verse number 2, Bless the Lord and forget not all of His benefits. Uh, and so, Paul goes on to tell us in the book of Ephesians, Wherefore, remember that you've been in times past, Gentiles in the flesh, uh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, uh, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, stranger from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But I like verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes or far off are made nigh by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, not one thing was required of you on the day that you got saved other than the fact that He asked you to believe. You didn't have to go out and... Uh, pay up all your debts, or you didn't have to go out and make amends with people that maybe you had, uh, had problems with. It just simply said, believe. Amen. I remember on that September 15th night, uh, 1965, uh, and what God did for me that night. I must admit to you, I really didn't know all that had happened that night. I realized that something had taken place in my life. And maybe it wasn't so much of, uh, uh, it, it, maybe it wasn't so much the, the big devil that moved out, but it was a big God that moved in. And so that brings me to the second thing. I must receive some things. I must receive energy for my growth. Uh, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 2, As newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the Word of God, that you may grow thereby. Sometimes the milk formula is not good for a newborn. Have you noticed that? I noticed when ours came along, uh, you know, we gave them this formula and they'd spit that back up and then we'd get them another formula and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't satisfied with that. Uh, and so you just go through that, you know. And then there comes that time when uh, you go to the baby food section, you know, and you buy that baby food and, and, and you get those uh, squash and you get those uh, carrots and you get those green peas, you know, and Oh, I mean, don't they look so delicious? Uh, and then you sit there and you just kind of push it into their mouth and they don't have any teeth to hold it in. And so uh, you push it in and they push it out. If you ever pushed it in there and about the time you push it in, they sneeze. <laughs> and you experience that all over you. And then about the time you get their little belly full, they give it back to you, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. So how many times over the years have I struggled with man-made formulas 
for Christianity, God. Brings me to another thought. I must not only receive some things for my growth, but I must receive enlightenment for doctrine. Simple Bible teaching on the great truths concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the church, uh, and the Christian life that God desires for me to live and to walk therein. Uh, doctrine is important. Uh, I'm convinced that one must be taught right if they're going to walk right. And so, thank God for... I, I was just thinking this morning as... As I was coming down the road, John and I were driving down the road, and the sun was bright, uh, and my mind goes back for many, many years. Uh, I almost could hear that professor in that classroom as he was teaching me about the doctrine of the Word of God. Uh, been a long time since I've been there, but I could almost hear him. And thank God for a pastor that I had uh, that was uh, grounded in the matter of uh, hermeneutics. Uh, and you say, what in the world is hermeneutics? Uh, hermeneutics is nothing but the science of interpreting the Bible. Uh, and there is a way of doing that. Uh, not only did he teach hermeneutics, but he taught me homiletics. Uh, he taught me alliteration and things of that nature. So thank God for people that have been good in teaching me and leading me in the right direction for the glory of God. And not only that, but I must be encouraged in the journey. It's great when I got saved and I heard the joy and I heard the love of, of, of Jesus and I, 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 thought that, I thought that my flesh was dead. I thought I would never sin again. But it wasn't long after I was saved that I realized that my flesh was just as much aware as it always been. You say, what did you do? I did what I always did when I got mad in the flesh. And I thought to myself, and some of you know that my background was somewhat a little bit Pentecostal in the days gone by. Uh... And so the best thing I knew to do at that time was just give the man a good cussing and then go get saved again on Sunday. <laughs> and that's what I did. But I didn't need to get saved again. God knew that the flesh is going to come up. Uh, many a young person has, has learned the flesh uh, through a broken heart too late to... They learned to put no confidence. Uh, they, they, they didn't put any confidence in the Lord. They put all their confidence in the flesh. Uh, and um, as we grow in grace, and as we come to realize that when God saved us, He did absolutely nothing for the flesh. The flesh cannot be improved. One day I'll get rid of it. One day they'll put it back in the ground where it came from. And as I grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I learned to depend upon Him and walk with Him. And uh, when things do happen, and they will happen, you learn to call upon the God in that time of need. So I'm encouraged to know that one day when Jesus comes, 
this vile body will be changed. And I'll receive a body likened unto the Son of God. And not only that, but I'll be changed and I'll be called up to be with the Lord into the air. Whether I'm in the grave and I have to get up from that, or whether I'm living and God just simply changes me and moves me up into the presence uh, and uh, we go up together. Won't that be a joyous occasion? I mean, to think about that, uh, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we... If that were to happen this morning and all of a sudden the trumpet were to sound out here and we look out here in the cemetery and all the, our loved ones that we know that's buried out there and they get up with a glorified body and we all go up together and they say, where have you been? Uh, it, it only seemed just like yesterday. Third thing, I must refuse some things have you ever wondered why your joy is not like it was in the beginning? If we're not careful, we'll find ourselves sometimes complaining, criticizing, condoning things that we thought we would never condone in our Christian life. Let me say right here, there may come a time when I might lose personal faith, but I'll never lose saving faith. I see my grandfather, whom told me he was a saved man. He told me that he was ready to meet the Lord. But in his latter days, I saw him lose personal faith. That hurts. He was blind. He was deaf. And in those moments of time, I heard him use words that I didn't think he should have used. Don't complain about what God calls you to do. When things begin to happen and you don't understand, don't complain. I didn't understand when God called me into the ministry why I would have to move. I didn't understand why that uh, I couldn't do some things that I used to do uh, as a younger man. And so there was times that me and God had an argument. And I never won. Not one time did I ever win an argument with God. But the Lord knows exactly who you are. He knows what you're going through. Have you ever complained because somebody else over there is not going through as much as you're going through? And so you complain about that. I think it was, I think it was a psalmist that said in Psalm 73... He said there, I notice how the wicked prospered. And he says, there were no bands in their death. In other words, there was no suffering in their death. And he says, I begin to complain about that. So don't complain about your lot in life, what God wants you to do, how God has chosen you to do what you need to do. 
If God wants you to sing in the choir, sing in the choir. If God wants you to be a missionary, by all means, help yourself. If God wants you to be a pastor of a church, uh, then I understand there's multitudes of churches out there that don't have pastors today. And they'd be glad to have you come in and preach. As long as you walk right, talk right, and preach right. So, don't criticize leaders. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm guilty. What about you? I watch the news and I talk to my TV. I know y'all don't do that. <laughs> but I talk to my TV. And I call them some stupid words. And my wife's in the kitchen and she says, you talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. <clears throat> I'm talking to these people over here. Uh, on the television. Critical spirit makes you unhappy. It'll make you unliked. And by the way, I just saw it'll make you unused. It'll make you unhappy. It'll make you unliked. It'll make you unused. God just don't want to use people like that. Leaders are in the hands of God. If the leader needs rebuking, God can do it better than I can. Amen? If one needs removing, then God can handle that also. Christian people, we need to put a lot more faith in God and in what God wants us to do and trust Him ever how things turn out. Must not condone our sins. Uh, the greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit. He can make us aware of every weight and sin that so easily besets us. The things that we need to lay aside. The things that we need to get rid of in order to run the race with patience uh, now, there was a time when I could run the race. Of course, I got up to about 190 pounds. I had a heart attack. And no longer can I run the race. I'm back, to, I'm back down to the, to the weight I can run the race, but I don't have the breath now. So I can't run the race. If you listen to conflicting voices... And you will hear them. Conflicting voices brings confusion. Some would have you to keep their rules. I know what it is to grow up around pastors and other people that says, you've got to keep this rule. You've got to keep this regulation. If you don't have your hair up off your collar... And, uh, oh, there's multitudes of them out there. But one day I found out I had liberty in Christ. And in that liberty in Christ, it says in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, as free, 
not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. So when the Holy Spirit shows you something in your life, or you hear a message, and it shows you there's some sin in your life, then do what the Word of God says. Repent of it. Confess it. Believe that Jesus can take that away. Some would have you conform to their laws and not to their Lord. And then number four, I must rejoice in some things. Remember how joyful it was in the beginning? Remember how that seemed like you were just sitting on cloud nine I know some of you may have uh, heard the little story uh, about the little boy that went to visit his grandfather. And his grandfather had an old mule out there next to the barn. And you know how long-faced is an old mule is. And the little boy walked by, looked at it, said, Granddaddy, Did your mule join the church? Sometimes they're very long, aren't they? I must rejoice in the presence of God. Remember... John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and He shall send you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Seems like sometimes we sing the songs of Zion with a dead spirit. And that's not good. That's not good. There's hope of the Savior's coming. He said unto his disciples, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then lastly, I rejoice in the purpose of God. Romans 8.29 says we're to be conformed to the image of His Son that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. One day I'll be like Him. One day I'll live forever. What a joy should be in our lives as we realize what is happening in our lives is being conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> There was a little thing in our Sunday school lesson that uh, I never did get over. And I thought I'd wait and share it with you. Man went to the doctor and uh, done some tests, and he went in about a week later to get the results of a test. And so the doctor said to him, said, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. 
Which do you want first? Well, he says, I want the bad news first. He said, okay. You only have 24 hours to live. He jumped up, run up. How can I get things in order when you say I've only got 24 hours to live? Well, what's the bad news? What's the good news, he said? I should have told you yesterday. <laughs> Pray with me. Father, I'm on my way home. I'm saved and hell's behind me. And if there's people here today that can't say that, they can. They can come and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Just like others have over the years. Some things that I must do. And I realize, God, that I must finish the race that you've set before me. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know when that will come to an end. My prayer would be, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I would like to see what it would be like to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But Lord, whatever you choose, help me be, to be willing to accept that. And Lord, I pray today as they, as they sing the song of invitation, I pray that you speak to the hearts of thy people. And may they say, I'm saved and hell's behind me. Now, Lord, what would you have me to do? Forgive us of our sins now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we stand.